This is Jeff Jones, Madison Prep Boys head basketball coach, and you're watching the Fan View Podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Another edition, Fan View Podcast. Y'all already know what it is. I'm that boy, Fred. G Sports back at it. We in the building, baby. Again. And again and again. You know it. <laughs> Listen, everybody, get locked in. FanView Podcast if you're on YouTube. FanView Podcast if you're on IG. It's FanView Podcast if you're on TikTok. It is FanView NOLA if you're on X now. And also, it's FanView Podcast if you're on Facebook. Don't forget to follow G Sports, baby. You know it. We all over the place. I got to say it again, man. I'm at 22.9 thousand <laughs> subscribers, man. I'm trying to get the 25. The 25 key by 2024, man. Help me out, man. Help me out, man. Subscribe. Hit the, it ain't nothing. They don't take nothing but hit, hit the button. Hit the button. Hit, hit the, the button. Hit, hit the like on, button. Man. Hit the notification button. Every time we go live and we on episode air, hit the button. If you're on Facebook, if you're on YouTube, anywhere we also, don't forget to subscribe to us. If you are Spotify, if you're on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, we are all over the place. We can't stop. We won't stop. Fan V Podcast, the best dance podcast on the goddamn internet. You know that. But we got another guest, baby. Madison Prep's own mm. Jeff Jones in the building, man. Been waiting to get him on Mr. for some Tom months coming. now. We've been going back and forth, mm-hmm. you know, trying to get him on this platform, man, because he has an interesting story. And, and you know, with this, with this platform that we got on FanView Live, bro, we always like to entertain. We yes. like to inform and educate. And I know uh, Coach Jeff Jones has a hell of a, hell of a story. Uh, been knowing him for some years now, man. I, I really appreciate, you know, how he kind of took me under his wing um, and, and mentored me in a sense over the years. Yeah. Uh, a lot of things that he's, he's, he shared with me has helped me, you know, in, in my journey. In your journey. You know, even though we're in two different lanes, but it, it's it's still similar in a it sense. It's a little bit bigger. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Mm-hmm. But Coach Jones, man, thank you for coming on the podcast. I know there's a lot of things you could be doing. You're getting ready for, for the season. Right. Um, mm-hmm. On a conquest for another state title yeah. after what happened last year against Carver, but we'll get into that. Uh, yeah. But we like to start our podcast off, man, talking about your journey. Take us back, Coach Jones, man, when you first fell in love with the game of basketball. Um, how you got to the point where you had today, where you've been, where you one of the most successful um, high school coaches in the state of Louisiana. Man, honestly, um, fell in love with it just growing up. Uh, my dad, my uncles. Uh, always around the game, they played mm-hmm. it, um, and and pretty much that's the, the thing that everybody in our family did. Um, then think time right around middle school when I met my middle school coach, Coach Calvin Malvo. Uh, when I saw him come out the locker room with the, you know the fresh uh, white, they call them Air Force Ones now, <laughs> but it was give me two something pets. else then. And uh, you know his, his white warm up and white polo shirt and. Jerry Curl to the back, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Follow the drip. <laughs> like his, uh, fresh off, fresh off about 50 pull-ups and 20 curls. I said, that's what I want to be, man. I want to be a coach, you know. I want to be a basketball so coach. So that was in middle school when you first knew. Yeah, that was in middle school. That was in middle, middle school. Damn. So I kind of started, you know, then went to high school, went to Glenn's High School, uh, met Coach Adger. Um, You know, we got much closer later on when I started coaching with him as a player. Um but around my 12th grade year, I started coaching basketball. It was my first time coaching AAU. I coached AAU in 12th grade. I coached three teams. Uh, my, my pastor, 
you know, knew I had a burning desire for it. My pastor, Keno Spurlock, uh, he um, put up stuff for me to have a couple of AU teams. I, I was coaching and I was playing. So I was playing 17U and I was coaching a 15U and a 13U team. How you had guys at such a close age with you right there to respect you and respect you as a coach, though? Um, this is how I've always been. Always, always carried myself, you know, Respect is nothing I ever really had to try hard to get. You know what I'm saying? I've always been who I've been my whole life. Yeah. I, I find it interesting because a lot of times, especially at that age group, mm-hmm. a lot of those kids need influences mm-hmm. to get a certain level of respect from coaches. They they feel like the coaches need to do certain things to cater to them just to get that respect. But it sounds like that's not mm-hmm. the case. It's like get somebody chest in right quick, you'll get them right. But I see, uh, get in line or you know, mm-hmm. move aside. Yeah, nah, it's it's pretty easy, man, and it was good. You know, it was good. Learned a lot. Learned a lot early on. You know, learn. I always tell young coaches, man, get into it as early as you can. Guys that are interested in it. You know, you learn a lot of what to do and what not to do. And there's no blueprint or manuscript for coaching. What works for you or what works for you might not work for me, and what works for me, vice versa, may not work for you. You know, you got to find your own style, be authentic, be consistent, you know what I'm saying, and and, and then it'll just all kind of take care of itself and just keep working. So you love Glen Oaks, and then you went to Southern for a little while, then you decided decide to leave Southern and join the Army. Take me through that process. Well, I think after Glen Oaks went to the Army, um, went to Southern, I'm sorry, um, you know, wasn't really focused, had some issues and so I ended up going to the Army. The Army kind of really saved my life. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I came back from the Army, I was much more focused, uh, much more goal-oriented. Um, you know, and I knew then I wanted to be a coach uh, even more. And um, went on ahead and went through school at Southern, got my degree um, in uh, education. Uh, and I started coaching and teaching in 2000, 2001. Uh, at Glen Oaks High School, you mm-hmm. know, with Coach Adger. Um, and I did 10 years there. It was a great, great run. You know, I think we took five trips to the top 28, you know, and, and making it to the top 28 back in those days, it something. really meant something. meant something. You know, now. They didn't have all these divisions. They Correct. didn't have all these divisions. You right. Know, so you, you, it was really just to make the playoff meant something back then. Right. A lot more, a lot more team. And, and not just with the divisions, the way the world of structure was different, you know. Back then, you know, I can name 10 schools in Baton Rouge. Everybody had somebody. Yeah. I could even think of schools that even out here in New Orleans. West Jeff had players. Yep. Bel Air had players. Broadmoor had players. Baker had players. Redemptors. You know, just, and now a everybody lot of had kids. had a guy. Yeah, now a lot of kids just don't participate in sports. They have other interests, you know, uh, other things and other factors that pull them away. So, um, you know, now it's, 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 it's watered down. You know, a lot of people that we hype and glorify nowadays would be very, very ordinary. (laughs) Tell them again. And I think that a lot of times people don't really understand that, like, maybe, and I ain't trying to speak for my era, Mm -hmm. that early 2000 era, um, late 90s era. I'm not Mm -hmm. trying to say that my my era of basketball, when, you know, when I was participating in the bidding and all that stuff was more competitive or anything like that, Mm -hmm. but it was just a much tougher era Mm -hmm. to play. And so... A lot more kids were in tune with basketball. They had a lot more what I call five-star or top-rated recruits come out of the state, especially the state of Louisiana. Mm-hmm. And today it's just – it's different. 
Mm-hmm. It's not the same environment. Now, granted, you get a kid or two, uh, like like Javante Smart. Yeah. With Scott, mm-hmm. you, you get mm-hmm. it like a jail and cook. You're going to get a kid or two or three that's going to be like, hey, th- th- I think they can play mm-hmm. in any timeline. Mm-hmm. But the majority of the kids that's coming through, you're like, man, you can only play in this era. Right. And it's like, if I had to put you in a different era, you may not make the team. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> you know, a lot mm-hmm. of times it looks like some players are making the team because the lack of interest in mm-hmm. basketball versus mm-hmm. their ability to play basketball. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things that at the high school levels. And I think we never really witnessed that so much in the state of Louisiana when it comes to basketball. Mm-hmm. But it's starting to, maybe for the past decade, now that the expansion yeah. of the social media era, yeah. mm-hmm. they may have other interests. And now kids, it's pull, like pulling teeth to get kids to play basketball. But, man, we used to have like five, six guys that were really good that just didn't make the team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They didn't make the team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the minute they weren't good, they just, they had to wait till somebody graduated and go retry out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They had to wait till a couple of seniors yeah. go. That's true. And mm-hmm. say, look, you know what? Now is your chance because, mm-hmm. but you got to hurry up because they got a ninth grader. <laughs> mm-hmm. No doubt. You know? No doubt. But uh, man, Jeff, you you played for a Hall of Fame. I said played for and coached with a Hall of Fame guy like Harvey Adger, man, who mm-hmm. over nine hundred wins. Yeah, yeah. In yeah. high school, I mean that is unprecedented. Unprecedented, right? Mm-hmm. I think the guy from Southern Lab is the leader for the most wins Coach in Hall season history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, talk about how coaching and playing for somebody like Harvey Adger. Who was a was a disciplinarian like yourself? Mm-hmm. How that played a part into who you are as a coach now, and how it played a vital role into the success you've had with this Madison Prep program. You know, when as a kid, you didn't really understand a lot of the stuff that Coach Adger did. You know, you mm-hmm. thought a lot of it was a bit extreme. <laughs> uh, you thought a lot of it was, 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 was certainly unnecessary. Um, but you know. Coaching with him, you really begin to understand. Like, I I took a lot of things from Glen Oaks. You know, I, I never really thought about leaving there. But at a certain point, everything kind of runs its course. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, before I took the Madison Prep job, I probably turned down about about eight head coaching jobs. God, God damn, Jeff. You know, but a lot of that was because I always had my own vision for how I wanted my deal to play out. You know what I'm saying? I didn't want to go to a school that already – had tradition. I didn't want to go to school. There was already this school, that school. What intrigued me about Madison Prep was what it was when I first got there or when I, you know, took the job. You know, three trailers and 86 kids. Never had a team, never had anything. And I said, well, if they, if I can get here and Lord bless me to, to achieve and accomplish anything, you know, they have to put my statue out front. You know what I'm saying? They'll, you know, they're like everything here will be always remembered myself. So I, I view Madison Prep not so much as a challenge, but as a, a opportunity for me to build a legacy and leave a legacy. You know what I mean? I like that. So, yeah. you, you you got the Madison Prep in 2010. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Take me through that process, leaving leaving Glen Oaks, and you know they they talking about starting Madison. Mm-hmm. You know, as a as a startup school, and like right. I say, 86 kids and three trailers. Uh-huh. Uh What made them pick you? and want to have you as the guy to be the face of this basketball program. Well, our superintendent CEO, Dewan Johnson, he's a Glen Oaks grad, will come to a lot of our games. And um, one one day he came over, they would use our football field for their middle school. Mm. And he pulled me to the side in the cafeteria and he said, listen, I'm starting the high school next year. I've been watching for a long time. I know you. He said, 
you are the kind of guy, the kind of guy that I want to, I want to have a basketball program, but I don't just want any basketball program. And you are the kind of guy and exemplify the things that I want in our program. Um, so initially when he asked me, um, the first year I didn't go, you know what I'm saying? Cause he asked me to come to a game and come cause they had a little middle school. So I could see the, the kind of kids that they, mm. that they had that were going to have. And, um, you know, it was a couple of kids that I knew that shit got cut from over here, cut from over there, couldn't play them. Oh shit. You know, and I'm at Glen Oaks. I'm a cousin to win the 27, 28 games a right, year. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Kids signing, and then you go over here to where you put five guys on the floor, and everybody's gonna go either double dribble or travel. It was that bad. Yeah, it was that bad. It was that bad. It was that bad. But you know, ultimately, you know, I prayed about it. I end up going to Madison that following year, and that was the first year we were able to play varsity. They played like. They just played like some home school people the first year before I got there. But the first year we actually started in the LHSA was 2010, 11, when I got there. And we were class B. Um, and and we were we were we were just fucking we were horrible. You know what I'm saying? We were horrible. It was a hell of a transition. Um which we I won which I won like fifteen or like fifteen and fifteen? Sixteen and eighteen. Sixteen and eighteen. We went sixteen and eighteen and, and I was I never been so proud of sixteen wins in my life. <laughs> um we ended up we ended up making the playoffs. We finished second in district, mm-hmm. which made you know, at that time the number one and number two team in each district automatically made the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So right. making the playoffs was huge, you know what I mean, for us. Uh, first year program went and played a school called Zwali on the mm-hmm. road. Zwali they still be making it to the, the top twenty eight to this day. If mm-hmm. you look in the top twenty eight program, Zwali probably has more state titles yep. than any anybody. Body, yep. you know what I'm saying? It's just just a little small part of North Louisiana, kind of ducked off all by Natchitoches mm-hmm. that has always produced a bunch of high level athletes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, we went there and we got beat. I never forget the, the end of the first quarter. Score was thirty-five to eight, and um, you know, at the end of the quarter, I told our guy, "Man, listen, let's just let's just not let these guys set a record, you know, for the most points put on somebody, um, you know, in a fucking playoff game, you know." And we ended up losing eighty-eight to forty. I still remember these these numbers like it was yesterday. We lost eighty-eight to forty. You don't forget nothing like that. No, no, no. We lost eighty-eight no. to forty, but you know. Um, we lost a lot of games that year, you know, and I mean, I, I I read the entire book of Job because I felt like God was testing me. So I'd be sitting on the bus reading the Bible, just reading the book of Job, reading the book of Job, and I would bring all our guys who were sitting out with me. They would come with us to every game, and I would always tell all the people we played us, you know, I did whoop our ass. Thank you, man. Thank Good you. game. Hey, keep us on the schedule. You know what I mean? So we went from 16 and 18 the first year to 34 and 8 or was 6. 34 and 6 the next year. And we, and we went to the uh, top 28. And we lost. In year two. Yeah, went to the top 28 in year two and we lost to Simsboro. Kids uh, learned motion then. Yeah. Then, then year three, we went 42 and 3. And we won our first state title in 2013. <sighs> then 2014, we went 25 and 9. We lost in the state championship game to Country Day. Um, then 2016, we came back on like 34 and two. Uh, we won the state title. That was the year that we beat. Um, I'm sorry, that was 2014. We lost 2015. Last we beat Lafayette Christian. Brandon Sampson then mm. was, was seniors. We won the state championship. We beat. Um, we beat 
We beat uh, Lafayette Christian for the championship. Then 2016, we came back on 34 and 2. We beat uh, Riverside for the title. We beat, we had a, probably the toughest that was final Crowfield? four. We beat Malik Crowfield, Herb McGee. Oh, yeah, that was a good team. Jab mm-hmm. Butler. Jab Butler. That's the a game, game Butler. before that, though, was actually a tougher game. We beat Robert Williams in North Cattle. Uh-huh. You know, Didn't t- he have like a quadruple double or something? He had a quadruple double. Yeah. 2017, like I said, we won it in 15, won it in 16. 2017, probably one of the best team we've had ever to come through there. We we won it in 17. We beat Ravia for the championship of my son's senior year, that group. Uh, could Josh have, Anderson. Could have Ravia team, too. In 2018, we had Josh LeBlanc and Kobe Julian. We won it again. We beat Peabody. Um, 2019, we won it again. We beat... Um, who we beat in 2019? That was Jaheen Spencer. We beat, uh, I know we beat Sophie B. Wright. Mm-hmm. And I think we beat Wiseman. May have been, may have been mm-hmm. Wiseman signed the championship. In 2020, we lost on a on a buzzer beater uh, so to Wiseman in the Wiseman. semis. Yep. And then uh, 22, 21 and 22, we won it again back to back. And then 23, which was last year, we lost to, uh, lost to Carver, Carver in the championship game. So, you know, we won 10, 10 title game appearances, eight titles, and 13 consecutive trips to the top 28, give or there, take. So, I couldn't complain about nothing. I think the year you, you got, what year was it with that y'all beat Peabody? That was 2018. 2018. Mm-hmm. I remember being uh, at the top 28 mm-hmm. and in the locker room and at the press conference. Now, you correct me if I'm wrong, but it just seems like, that state championship was a little more special because you know what well, the room was the, the people that, when people were saying in high school basketball, well, Madison Prep's a good team, mm-hmm. but damn, they'll never beat a team like Peabody mm-hmm. in the state championship. And that year when you beat Peabody, mm-hmm. I felt like it quiet a lot of naysayers. Now you correct me if I'm wrong. Um, Peabody was was another 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 notch, another bump, you know, in the road in terms of. You know, we beat, we're blessed to beat some some outstanding programs to win state titles. To beat a Timmy Bird, it's not a lot of people to say right. they can say they beat Timmy Bird for a state championship. It's not a lot of people saying they can beat a Charles Smith. You know, and uh, the against uh, Riverside, I think we had one of the lowest scoring games. I think the final score was 41-33, something like that. Damn, that was something like the, the game last year against Carver. Mm-hmm. But it was by design then. You know, we knew that we couldn't, I mean, that year – Four or five of the teams that beat us, Riverside beat them by double digits. Mm-hmm. U-High, Lafayette Christian, Scotlandville, yeah. all those teams turned around and beat us. Um, you know, but beating Peabody in 18, you know, not only do people not only not beat Peabody in championship games, I think we ended up beating them by 20. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, Peabody out there had a team. You know, but it's an outstanding program. Coach Smith is is, is, is one of my favorite people. To talk to, um, you know, guys like Coach Smith or guys, Coach Hawkins, Coach Adger, those are guys that I looked up to um, when I began to model what Madison Prep was going to be like. I took a little something there, a little something there, a little something here, a little something there, mm-hmm. and then I put my own stuff, my own, you know, self. Yeah, but on. it was also just things that I saw, and, you know, from talking to those guys, they were always, you know, helpful. So, you know what I mean? It was even in beating Peabody or beating Riverside. It was a ton of respect. It wasn't like a 
tell you shirt off and go run around and you know what I mean? Right. It was it was still gracious, a lot of respect. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Timmy Bird is a class individual. I mean, when the game was in hand and, and it was obvious we were gonna win, Coach Bird came over before the when the clock said time on the clock, shaking everybody's hand. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the most gracious um men I've ever met in this game. You know what I mean? So even like I said, even in beating two uh, all you know, Hall of Famers like that. It still was more of a humbling experience. It wasn't like right. a oh, I got. It wasn't this. Like still a, much respect. Mm-hmm. Still much respect for those guys. Respect those coaches. Mm-hmm. What's some of the hardest things, not as a coach, you think is hard for high school kids to buy into? As a coach, like oh, it's easy. The hardest thing for kids to buy into now is uh, we over me uh, doesn't score. I mean, it doesn't matter who scores, long we score. Um, you know, parents are are really, really, really messing this thing up. They are messing up so bad, I'm you know. Dream killers. Yeah. You know, I remember back in my Glen Oaks days, I can I can count one the one or two mamas or daddies that bought a camera, a camcorder. Shit nowadays, everybody got, got a camera, a camcorder, a phone, but they got one a tablet or something, you know, where and it, it's all so just about my child. You know, I remember Back in the day when I first started coaching, you know, we scored. You see all our little – first of all, our parents sat together and all of them clapped. Right. You know, now you go to game. Even our game now, shit, I got a couple parents, two parents here. They, them two kind of hang with each other. And a couple <laughs> here and one over here and one over there. Because first of all, I don't want to hear, me, hear you hear me talking about your child. Right? I'm talking <laughs> about your goddamn child. Facts. Um, Facts. You know, and, and they only clap when their child scores. Or, you know, they'll pull the camera out and they'll film. And then when their kids in the game, they'll put their stuff down. You know what I'm saying? So uh, the, 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 the the selfish thing is worse than it's ever been. And just the, the parents living through their kids. Yeah. Some parents know yeah. their kids not going to college. Some of them know their kids' slick size suck. But for them, it ain't about that. I just want them to get in the game so I can post it on Facebook, Facebook. post it on Instagram. Yep. Uh, you know, social media, like you said earlier, it ain't just mess kids up, it's mess parents, parents, parents up. up. Parents you know, because up. they will take that that distortion of reality. You know, your kid play four minutes, but they'll film that and put it on Facebook and post it just to put a little caption just, just so they can go back later and look at all the comments and the likes and the DMs and all that. So, uh, I think that's the toughest thing to deal with because, you know, that's what they hear all the time, all the time. I I, I tell kids and parents all the time, you know, you, you rarely, if ever, I, I run a little bitty league in Baton Rouge, you don't hear anybody saying, good pass, take a charge, dive on the floor. All you hear is, shoot it, shoot it, shoot it. That's all you just, you know. So mm-hmm. it, it's uh, it's definitely a, a, a me, me, me situation now that a lot of people have to deal with. That's probably one of the toughest things to deal with to Change that mind, change those mindsets and patterns of behavior. Yeah, I, I, I recall when I was coming up, man, we knew kids, we knew what kids had to be team players. Yeah. Like, I don't care if you play football, I don't care if you play basketball, I don't care if you play baseball. You kind of knew what kids, listen, bro, you got to be a team player. Mm-hmm. Like, we're not saying you're not a score, but you're you, you the person that take the charges. This is what you do well. And it's like everybody now, like you're alluding to, it's just so selfish. And it's just like uh-huh. we're living in that me, me, me society versus we, we, we society and mm-hmm. trying to get to a common goal. And I just think they're making coaches' job a, a bit harder mm-hmm. trying to manage not just the kids' expectation, but these parents' expectations. Mm-hmm. And it's, just, it's, 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 it's frustrating, especially at the high school level. You know? you know, I'm going to tell you something. It, it, back in when I first started coaching, we had players that I can name who parents 
were, were, were selfish and all about their kids, and their kids might have been a little selfish, but shit, their kids were good. You know, now, <laughs> now, now we have parents and kids who are selfish, and their kids, they're not that good. They're good. But it ain't about them going to a, a, a Florida, Texas, LSU. It's just about, you know, my son getting in the game so I can post something or just for whatever. You know, I, I it, it, is, it has gotten so crazy. There are parents who actually, and I've had this happen with us, you know, I'll see this strange-looking cameraman here. Who you? What? What? What me to serve you with? Oh no, I'm just here to take pictures for uh, such and such. Your parent paying this guy to come and just take some pictures for him. Like, like this shit is is getting it's pretty minutes. bad. But yeah. but 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 Coach Jones, that's what makes it even more impressive mm-hmm. that you've been having this level of consistency of winning mm-hmm. state championships, having over 400 wins in the mm-hmm. era that we are in. Mm-hmm. How have you been able to navigate through this bullshit? That's what it is. Um, I'm I'm gonna be me. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm gonna be me, uh, and and you don't you don't buy into it. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not gonna waver. Uh, I don't have picks and chooses. I'm gonna treat everybody fair. You know, I'm right. not gonna treat everybody the same. I'm gonna treat everybody fair. Um, but parents or kids are not gonna run my program, you know what I'm saying, that's just, I mean, that, that don't have nothing to do with winning, that's just me as a man and how I am and how I carry myself, it, it's not going to run it, of course now, it's hard to come in and tell somebody that got over 400 wins in 13 years and average 30 some wins a year and eight titles, you're almost like a fool if you come in and say, well, you should do this unless your son is fucking LeBron James, your son is very, very regular too you know right. what I mean so basically he just needs to fit in work his ass off keep his mouth shut and do what we ask him to do you okay. know what I'm saying well I think a better question for you is mm-hmm. if you a young coach that's mm-hmm. just hopping into the high school game mm-hmm. trying to establish yourself with your program right what advice would you have for him to deal with the era that we in now man get you some core values some beliefs and stop looking for friends you know what I mean like a lot of young coaches they to me and I mean I see a lot of them, and one of the biggest mistakes they make is they want to be too all right uh, with these kids, want to be too all right, buddy, but with these parents. And, and not that they're – sometimes they don't see that some of these parents that come across as this, this, this are really just trying to manipulate you to do, you know what I'm saying, whatever's in the best for their child. The yeah, they, don't, they don't see that. And um, and then some of, them are so, some of them are so young in the mind and in the profession till – you know, G might be a, a, a very, very good player, and, and you might be an okay player, and I'm going to accept some unacceptable behavior because I don't want to piss him off because I don't want him to transfer right. and, and all this. And, you know, so I'm going to let him do some stuff that, you know, I probably shouldn't let him do. But ultimately, and you see it all the time with, with the kids, our football program, basketball, it's a lot of kids because they weren't corrected for that BS they end up either not making it to that next level, right. or when they get to that next level, they struggle mm-hmm. to even stay there if Facts. they stay there at all, Facts. because they've had their ass kissed, and you know people haven't held them accountable ever. And you we know, know that at the college level, that's not acceptable. Yeah. Well, a lot of them hit a wall. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, that's a hell of a, a point you just made. Mm-hmm. Take me back, man. I, I, I remember watching Glen Oaks. Mm-hmm. I graduated two thousand three. So I want to go back to that, the Ryan Francis era. Uh, I remember going to the Hall of Fame game at the PMAC mm-hmm. when y'all played Taz and Mitchell and them. And mm-hmm. Ryan Francis hits the floater. 
<laughs> win the game. Game winner, yep. Because uh, that same day, Tipper High played Northside. I believe so, yeah. yeah. Paris Stevenson who went to Kentucky, which which is a really, really good game. Mm-hmm. Glenn always ran the table that year. Was very, very undersized. Uh, watching that Glen O's team and how disciplined they was was very impressive. I went to Southeast and I went to a lot of I went to college with a couple guys that went to Glen O's and they would always brag about Harvey Asher and how disciplined he is and I don't give a damn how much size you got and how good of your players you have. We gonna come with thirty two minutes of hell and we gonna be more disciplined than you when the when the clock is Talk about Ryan Francis, man. One of the smallest players on the court. Mm-hmm. What he had inside, man, that made him different than anybody else, you know, in the state of Louisiana, if you will, that, that, that whole season. That whole season. You know, Ryan was one of the guys that, that I would say took the biggest jump from the first day I met him till his senior year. You know, I met him uh, actually in a barbershop over at Winburn. He was eighth grader at Park Forest. And um, he, he came to me and said, Co, I'm, I'm going to come to Glen Oaks. He, somebody told me who I was. Um, so I was kind of known in the city for, you know, dealing with a lot of youth and, and just, you know, knowing a lot of people and kids. So I was kind of instrumental in getting kids to come to Glen Oaks and, and whatnot. But, um, you know, so I got his info, talked to him a little bit, uh, talked to his mom, went back and told Coach Adger about him. Actually went, saw him at Park, Park Forest, tough little dude. Um, couldn't really shoot it, but was a, a ball hawk on defense. You know, had the ball on the string, but mm-hmm. just a warrior. Um, you saw it early. Yeah, saw it coming in the ninth grade. And, and actually, that ninth grade year, funny you say, Peabody, we made it to the third round of playoffs his freshman year. And we started three freshmen, Ryan Francis, Tory Boyer, and Carnell Robinson. Uh and we, Travis Hall was a senior, and Mikael Key was a junior. That was our starting five, and we wouldn't play Peabody in the um, in the quarters at Peabody. Ooh, environment. Yeah, yeah. And it was a it was a, 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 a thrashing. You know what I'm saying? That <laughs> shit was a thrashing. Um, you know, before the game. Well, first of all, you know they were <laughs> people were wrapped around the building. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if you've been to Peabody Junior. Yeah, I go upstairs, yep. wrapped around the building, Bananas the, everywhere. the Emerald Bananas Palace. Everywhere. Um, man, they were down on the other end just talking the ball. The gym was full of people. You couldn't even, you couldn't even hear ourselves talking this close on the bench. Um, you know, and then before the game, like, they, they recognized, they had like three or four guys that year that were McDonald's All-American nominees. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, shit. You know, so. Um, Good luck. It was. It was was Markel Brown on that team? No, Markel Brown. We played him when Brian Williams was okay. a senior. We okay. lost to them in the, uh, in the semis. Okay. Brian and Markel both ended up going to, it was 2008, I okay. think, eight or nine, eight, gotcha. nine. Gotcha. They both ended up going to Oklahoma State after that. But yeah. Ryan, man, just, just continued to grow and get better as a player. Sophomore year, he, he just was starting point guard. Like I said, and, and a lot of Ryan's success is uh was had to be, Tory Boye had a lot to do with it. Tory Boye was the one who came in ready to play as a freshman. And not that Ryan wasn't ready to play skill-wise, but Tory was just the one who, was a, a, a leader. You know, he played down here at Loyola for five years. Mm-hmm. You know, Tory was the one that's going to make sure that, hey, we're going to go run. Hey, we're going back up to the gym lift weights. Hey, we got practice six. We can't be late. Tory, y'all come stay by my house so so nobody's late. So Tory was really the glue that kind of held it together. You know, um, 
Ryan bust out on seeing his senior year. The junior year, Torrey averaged about 17.8 points a game. He was our leading scorer. And then that senior year, that summer, Ryan just blew up. I think he scored 40 or so against Lou Williams uh, in the AAU tournament down in Atlanta. Lou Williams at the time was the number one player in the nation. Mm-hmm. And then Ryan just blew up. UL jumped on him early. Coach Rene Bailey, who's now an assistant at Southern, um, offered him. Ryan committed. And... Um, I can't think of uh, DJ Augustine's old coach, but the old coach that brother Martin was a personal friend of Tim Floyd told Tim Floyd about Ryan. Mm -hmm. And he came and and saw him at the all-star practice at Woodlawn high school. And And that's what Tim Floyd was at USC. And and that's how Ryan ended up getting to USC. So he decommitted from, um, from UL. We had a couple of academic things we had to, 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 to take care of, uh, to qualify for, you know, cause like a private school. And, um, that's how you end up going to what, USC. What made him want to move so far away from home? I mean, I know it's USC. You know, I know it's the Pac-12. What a, you know, but have you took that's, a visit? A far, that's a long way from home yeah, until you get it, there. Yeah, but it was, <laughs> it was, it was a, when Ryan got there, I mean, Ryan, Ryan, what, what made him want to go to just who he was. You know, he was a warrior. He wasn't scared of nothing. He was fearless. Mm-hmm. And he looked, he liked the challenge. You know what I mean? Like, you know, people told him he couldn't come play at Glen Oaks. And he took it as, I mean, every year he always something. He couldn't do this. He couldn't do that. And he just always wanted people to try to prove him wrong. You know, one time he was involved in a bad car wreck. And um, he had broke his right wrist. And uh, I used to, we had a membership at Spectrum, you know, and, and he would be with me almost every day. And I would take him to Spectrum every day. And we would just work work on rehabbing that wrist, but really learn to shoot with his left hand. By his senior year, he can he was he could shoot threes with his left hand and his right hand. Um, you know that's a lot of determination. You know a lot of determination. He was just one of them kind of kids where you know you know wasn't gonna get him. You know what I'm saying? But I I'd be remiss if I didn't say a lot of that came. Tory Boye was the glue that really held all that together. And then as Ryan began to come on, he just just took off from there. And then unfortunately. You know, he goes to USC his freshman year. Mm-hmm. I think he started like what maybe like good, seven or eight games as a true freshman. Yeah, he started a good bit. Um, had some good showings under Tim Floyd, and then he comes home Mother's Day weekend. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching the documentary, and, I, and his mama kept telling him, "Don't come home. Don't weekend. come home. Don't worry about coming home." But he came uh-huh. home anyway. And you know, he was shot and killed at um, at a red light or something like that. Yeah, in the intersection. You know, yeah, yeah late at night. And Baton Rouge, man, take me back to that, man. And and when you got that phone call, what you was doing, and how did y'all deal with that as a program and as a family? You know, I was um, shit, I was I was in the bed laying down. I think um, phone rang, and it was actually a young freshman uh, named Reggie Stansberry who called me, and because he was at the hospital, and um, he told me that that, that Ryan was was was, was gone. Um, so I didn't, you know, I was, oh, I didn't know you talking about. He said, yeah, we at the hospital. He got shot. Boom, boom. He was with such and such, and boom, boom, boom. I said, okay. Um, so you know, then some more people started calling after that. At first, you didn't even believe it. Yeah, but I mean, I knew it wasn't a lie. I just was was. I was just then you just, just began to in. pray and hope that okay, well, I'm pretty sure he did get shot, but. Just pray and hope that you know it's something that he'll be able to pull through, pull through, and and, and at least still have his life. Um, but you know that wasn't the case. 
So it was it was tough because you know just all the stuff like that day that that was the Friday he was we were hooping and working out in Glen Oaks, and then that Saturday morning which was the next day because he got killed Friday night technically Saturday morning, and Saturday morning we were all supposed to go to Scotlandville and hoop at Scotlandville Saturday morning, and then that Sunday Mother's Day he was going back to L.A. And his mother was moving back to L.A. with him. Her job had been transferred. She was going Damn, out there. Damn, I didn't know that point. Yeah, his mother was going out there with him. So, it was, like I said, it was him dying was sad, not only for him, but as well as her. Because, you know, she that was her only, son, that was her only child, her only son. Um, That's to hurt. So, she lost her only son. And her life was about to change, too, because she was about to move. To L.A. Away from him, move to L.A. And, and build herself at least three more years of college, you know. Damn. Yeah. That's, 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 that's devastating. Yeah. But I do want to talk about this, Coach. I mean, outside of, you know, for a lot of people going to watch this, I mean, they probably know of Baton Rouge. Basically, it's the, I like to call it the cloud of LSU. Mm-hmm. They show you what they want to show you. They show you all the glitz and glamour. Hey, you go out here LSU, you go tailgating, and you do all those things, and it looks beautiful and pretty. Uh-huh. But once you get past that cloud, Baton Rouge got to be one of the toughest cities in the country. Just mm-hmm. to survive in. I know mm-hmm. we got a lot of different cities in this country, like L.A., we can talk about Detroit, we can talk about Chicago, Baltimore, mm-hmm. you know, outside of Atlanta, some parts of Houston. Mm-hmm. But Baton Rouge is one of those cities that's also is just as tough to grow up and survive in. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about, like, how, you, how, do you, how are you getting these kids to find a passion mm-hmm. through sports? You know, mm-hmm. it's not just all about, you know, how talented you are. That's going to get you someone. Talk about, you know, these kids, you know, how hard it is for you as a coach to get these kids to find a purpose in life through sports. Because living in that era, once you get past that that cloud of LSU, I like to call it, mm. it's rough. Yeah. And I ain't saying it's rough, not rough anywhere around the country. I'm not saying that. But mm. you got to be there to understand. Yeah. Mm. You got to be there to understand that yeah. Baton Rouge, outside of that little circuit over there, it's hard to survive in. So mm-hmm. how do you get, in, as a coach, getting these kids to realize their passion and using sports as a way to do that? You know, really, man, it's just it's just being being real with them and talk to them and also understanding that when you come into these kids' lives, a lot of times coaching is, is, is damn near your third job. You know what I mean? You're going to be a, a stepdaddy. You're going to be a, a, a counselor. You're going to be a, you know, a foster worker. You know what I mean? A social worker. So- um, you know, and a lot of these kids, because they need all that, you know. Uh, this summer I had the opportunity to uh, work with a safe, hopeful, healthy Baton Rouge a, a program down in a, a Mayor's and Mayor Sharon Western Broom initiative mm-hmm. where my basketball camp that I normally run every year, that's what this shirt is, uh, uh-huh. Summer, of Hope. Summer of Hope. And um, we had probably over 300, 250, 300 kids that either came to the camp or played on a youth night basketball league. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, over half of the camp, we did basketball in the daytime, but we also did conflict resolution and stuff right. like that um, to just show them a different way. You know, the thing you said, like, about Baton Rouge, and just like parts of New Orleans, but Baton Rouge especially, man, you know, the the, the rap element and the, and the thug mm-hmm. element, it's so big, it's, you know. It's huge. Every, it, it, it's, and it's, it's, huge. it's so big to where, you know, me and G talk all the time about different guys that we know at LSU. These guys, you're at LSU or you're here or you're at this school and, and you are on a track to go and have a different life, but you'd rather go over here and, and be thought of to be hard or go hang with these other guys that 
that wish they had as much talent as you to do what you're doing, but you more or less rather be glorified in their eyes by quote unquote being real. And the only thing you are real stupid because, you know, you have opportunity to change generations or your or your family's life or your you know right. your family legacy. But rather you rather it's just, you know, you want to be accepted. You know what I'm right. saying? You know, you want to be accepted. So you want people say you fake or you this or that, but in the grand scheme of things, that's said it's stupid. You know, it's stupid. It's like if you're not living like them. If you're not living like them and and and, and some of them not living like them. You know, but you <laughs> exactly. you just you, exactly. you just kinda perceive it as that. But right. you want them to think that you, you know, like living that, that way and that's, that's not the truth. And so we have a lot so you know, we're just talking about the ones with talent, but just thinking about like you said, all the ones that don't have that talent but they just wanna fit and that's why a lot of schools are so bad because Man, a lot of kids, it's so easy to gravitate towards that, to gravitate towards being a gangster, packing a gun. You know, it's more cliques and, 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 and wannabe gangs than ever In Baton now. Rouge. You know what I'm saying? Because That's the thing out there. That's about yeah. Tommy. Again, you get the glitz and glamour. It's Baton Rouge. You, get, you see everybody wearing purple and gold on Saturday, and they, get, and they show you this. You're like, man, boy, look here. Won't you get yeah. past that little area? Yeah. Boy, it's tough out there. Yeah. <laughs> I got my car stolen. No. Two, three blocks from LSU. <laughs> <laughs> Homecoming. <laughs> Homecoming. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, but just just trying to, just really just trying to reach them kids and mentor them kids. And, and you know, a lot of them, man, just that impact that you put on them, man, it'll, it'll help. It'll help save some, you know, and that, that's really, eight state titles is cool. You know what I'm saying? But, G will tell you, man, I don't, I don't, I, I probably had three of my eight rings. I think somebody broke them off and stole like the case, stole like five of them. Like I don't, I didn't care because I don't wear no rings. I've never had a championship T-shirt made. I don't. I mean, I don't do. I look at a lot of these coaches and different people on social media. If if they did half the stuff that God blessed me to do, I mean, I probably couldn't stand to watch them. But my biggest uh, accomplishment for me is not only kids we put in college, but a kid like a Demaris Antoine who who just graduated um, with a degree and he's a, a supervisor, safety supervisor in plant, or, or right. Marquise Browder that's a, a school teacher and a coach. You know, I, I'm just saying those two, but it's a lot of There's them lot that, that aren't they found that, a purpose. That, 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 they that, found that a purpose. Learned some 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 fundamental skills and philosophies about life and have applied those and all of them are successful. And they come back. Dwayne Dinkins, a supervisor at at UPS, he was the first point guard, well, point guard on that team with Jarrell and them that won our first state title. You know, those, to all those kinds, of course, the ones that's in college, that went to college, of course, that's, that's good without saying, but those are so impactful. And, 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 you know, for them guys to get to that point, especially the ones that didn't go on to college and do anything, right. it was a lot of talking. It was a lot of social work. It was a lot of stepdad. It was a lot of taking them to church. It was a lot of that mentoring stuff. A lot stuff. of mentorship. And that. Yeah. That is probably what I'm most proud of and most pleased with more than the titles. I feel like the titles take care of themselves because we have talent. We work hard. We try our best to do it the right way. We pray God bless us. But but those are just so, that's just small. If we'd have never won, I still would you know, measure success by the impact you make on the lives of the kids that you touch and come across. I just think that goes a, it goes so deep because mm-hmm. it, those skills, those things that they have to learn when they're finding their purpose and they being a team environment, 
They mm-hmm. take those skills to other things in life. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, it goes so far than just, oh, yeah, they may not play college basketball, but that don't mean they didn't, they didn't learn skills and mm-hmm. learn how to work hard because when it's in a team environment, guess what they have to do? They have to get up in the morning. They have mm-hmm. to show up on time. They have to be prepared. You get what I'm saying? They have to juggle school. They still have to learn things that matter in life. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. a lot of times, you know, we, we hear about the stories of the kids who did make it. They got to the they got to the college level, you know, in this, this small bit they get to the pro level. Mm-hmm. But they're not talking about the ones who who were the teammates yeah. on those type of championship teams. The yeah, ones they're talking about the things. ones that, like I said, delve and span and guys on their own trucks and do a lot of different things. They're not talking about those guys, you know. My son, you know, Jeff Jones Jr., he's, he's teaching school now, you know what I mean? Uh, just finishing up, about to finish up his master's degree. You know what I mean? It's, it's just so many guys like that. That you know, though, to me, that's how I measure success. You know, I'm I'm not being arrogant, but I expected to win as much as as we've won. I really did. But that doesn't that is not how I determine success. Success determines how you impact them kids' lives, man, and how they, what type of men they become. You know what I'm right. saying? And that's. That's what it's all about for me. It's a relationship business. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, people think that you can just wake up one morning and be able to make a phone call Mm -hmm. to get a kid that you coached six, seven years ago a job or Mm -hmm. get him into college or whatever it may be. Right. Talk about how important it is to you, Coach Jones, to build real relationships with people. All throughout the years, man, since you left the army and and left from coaching with Coach Adger, and how how has it benefited a lot of different kids that has came through that Madison program? Whether it was going to college on a basketball scholarship, mm-hmm. or whether it was helping them right. get a job, or helping them figure out what they want to do with their life, mm-hmm. including your son. Um, you know that's what it's, it's all about. But you know that starts with how you are. You know mm-hmm. how you are and how you carry yourself. And, and and respect love that and what they think of you. You know what I mean? If if you're a clown, if you're a shyster, if you're a liar, if you're a bullshitter, <laughs> you know, you, you can't call and give a recommendation for anybody. You know what I mean? Um, you know, first it starts with, with me and how I carry myself and, and the standard I try to hold myself to. Um, you know, a lot of us because, you know, we know I am trying to help these kids and, right. and you know, being able to help make a phone call, get a kid in college is great. You know, um, a, a young lady that, that was a trainer at our school, um, Aaliyah Jones, um, I was able to call Johnny Jones at Texas Southern uh, four years ago, and she wanted to be an athletic trainer there. And um, he he allowed an opportunity to do it. And she did four years there with Texas Southern on scholarship, and, and now – she works for the Houston Astros. You know what I mean? And, and that was all just... That's what it's about. That's what you know, it's about. That's, that's, that's what, what it's about. about. You know, that, that's it, what it's, it's about. It's so many stories like that that I have that I try to just write down and jot down so I don't remember when I'm sitting in my man cave, you know, 15, 20 years from now, you know, smoking my peace pipe that I can remember, <laughs> you know, remember those things like that. You know, because like I said, those things like a young lady who come really wants to go to Texas Southern and, and needs help to find out your but she has an interest in athletic training. Hey, hold on. I can call Johnny Jones. He's like a cousin to me. You know, we, we're not real cousins. Right. We right. say we cousins. Right. 
but he <laughs> took care of her for me. And she did a hell of a job there for four years. Right. And now she's with the Astros. You know what I mean? That, right. Stuff like that is just huge. That's, that's why I always tell people that kind of stuff is way bigger than a state title. Because them state titles, exactly. that's, you know, that's, I mean, that's, that's whatever. But the, the impact you can make and to help people's lives, because I always feel like it's just helping to put spread some of this good karma in the world. We all see the, the killings, the carjackings, the this and that, but should I help that one? And then help this. I remember I used to always tell Jarrell and other kids like that, and they're so thankful or whatever. I said, man, listen, all I want you to do, you ain't give me nothing. All I want you to do is do what I did for you for somebody else. Pay it forward. See, I help you when, when, you know what I'm saying, when you couldn't help me, now I want you to help somebody and not looking for nothing in return. And well, that's how we that's how we help, you know what I'm saying, better the, the, the life cycle, you know what I'm saying, that we, that we grew up in, that we live in. Got to pay it forward. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a huge testament. Mm-hmm. But, Coach, we got to start, we, we in the social media era. Mm-hmm. How do you control some of these egos with some of these kids? Some of these kids want to be Steph Curry. Some of these kids want to be Kevin Durant. Some of these kids want to be somebody that they're not. Some of these kids think they good enough to go play at Duke in North Carolina. Yeah. How do you get kids to understand that, not to say that you, you can't work your way there, but this is not where you're at today. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, a lot of it just depends with who you are and how you are. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't. I'm not gonna accept my unacceptable behavior. You know what I'm saying? You right. gonna? I'm, I'm gonna give you some freedom. I'm a player's coach. I'm, I'm gonna let you play and let you do whatever. But you ain't finna hurt the team. Now. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, whatever you can do, that's one of my rules since I've been in coaching. Whatever you can do, shit, I'm gonna let you do. Right. But the stuff you can't do well, you won't be doing that shit. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I'm not gonna lose games. While you trying to find your game, we're not going to do all that. <laughs> you know, we're not. Uh, <laughs> I got to use that one. Yeah, yeah, so we're not going to do all that. So Take these bad shots. Yeah, we'll so a lot, a lot of, I mean, the, I, I will say that although we've had a, a, a ton of talent, I've been blessed with really good kids that have been really good team players. Really good kids that have been really good team players. Very humble. Some of their parents may not have been, but the kids are. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I don't fault the parents because I tell the parents all the time, hey, you pose to be, feel like and feel the way you feel because that's your child. That is your favorite player. That is right. your child is your favorite player and you pose to feel like that. You pose to want him to score 30. You pose to want him to that. You are. You know what I mean? But for me, they're all my children. All of them are my children. You, you know what I'm saying? Time with them Shit, they're all, I, 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 all of them are my favorites. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so I'm a... I'm, uh, I got to do us in the best interest of the team. You know what I'm right. saying? And the kids all, we work every day. They know their role. They know where they fit in the pack and all. They understand. And, you know, the proof is in the pudding as to how we've been and, and how we are. Talk about the motivation for this upcoming season, man, to get that ninth state title. And I know, you know, you know, it's it's not the the in-all be-all. But mm-hmm. I know losing to Carver last year. That was Carver. I was the mm-hmm. Carver last year, and I know that was that left a sour taste in your mouth and your son's mouth. You know, mm-hmm. kept coming from 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 Jeff Jones Jr. Man, he's you know he was coaching college basketball at Henderson State, uh-huh. doing a doing a, a phenomenal job. Uh-huh. And he said, "Y'all losing the state championship made him leave college basketball to come back to Madison because he wanted to get Madison back on the right track, and that's winning state titles because that's what y'all known to do." Well, you know, it's like I told people. Um, when everybody tried to make a big deal out of losing to Carver, um, it wasn't so much losing to Carver. We could have lost to 
Vanderbilt Catholic. It wouldn't matter. We just lost. But I do have to remind folks, like I reminded them in a press conference, mm-hmm. you know, this, if we would have won tonight, this would have been our third in a row. So, I mean, like, fuck it. Ain't, you know what I'm saying? It ain't like we fought a year, we finally hit, and we lost. This would have been our third in a row. Right. And before this was our third in a row, skip that, that buzzer beat in 20, we won five in a row. So, I mean, fuck, I'm not complaining about it. I mean, it's just how it goes sometimes. It's how it goes sometimes. You know, uh, us losing the Carver, hell, on paper, we weren't supposed to beat Timmy Burton them in 2016. That's just how it goes sometimes. We weren't supposed to get by Robert Williams. That's how it goes sometimes. Um, but, like I said, the motivation is definitely there because at the end of the day, you want to win your last game. Um, but our motivation isn't any feud, any extra because we lost to Carver. It's just few because we lost. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah, I don't want. Yeah. I don't. Um, want, I don't want magnify. It's about no, Carver. no, no, no. It's not, it ain't about Carver. Yeah. I got the it's great about losing respect. your last game. Uh, Coach Nathaniel Roche did a had did a great job over there uh, with that program. Has some outstanding players. Um, but it's about us, you know, losing our last game and us having a, a solid group of seniors and uh, a couple underclassmen and, and and us, you know, trying to finish it, um, finish in the right way. So our motivation. You know, for this ninth state title is what it's been for the eighth, the seventh, the sixth, the fifth, the fourth, the third, and the first. We want to win state. That's our goal every year. That's that's the standard at Madison Prep. Win the state title. So I do want to take you back a little in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, what year did Lester Earl graduate? Ninety six. Ninety six. I was in the sixth grade. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you know, back then the only way I could keep up with. Players that wasn't from my area was you, baby. the news. Well, we got the Hummer Courier. Yeah. And the Hummer Courier. And then they had these dumb, dumb, uh, the basketball magazines that you could get from the store. Give it a store. Yeah, Street Smith, Athlon. Yep. Athlon. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, my mom will buy that for me, and I'm, I'm, I'll read everything. So right. I knew who all the top players top player was. was. Mm-hmm. I never got to see Lester Earl play in person. I got mm-hmm. to see Randy play in person because they can't play mm-hmm. Andre Brown, Nickel State. So I seen Randy. Uh, I seen Chris Duhon. You know, uh, I seen, was our era. Yeah, I seen Hollis Price and people like that that came yeah. through the state that was really, really good. Mm-hmm. But I never got to see Lester Earl, man. Take me back to that time when Lester Earl was coming through Glen Oaks and how great of a player he was. Because a lot of people say that he's one of the best players to come through the state that didn't get to the league. And oh, yeah. everybody felt like he, he should have been a star in the league. He easily was the best player to say that didn't get to the league. Lester Earl had probably... Randy Livingston before the injuries type athleticism, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but on a six nine frame. Damn. Uh, I mean, you can look, you can YouTube and look at him in the dunk contest against Kobe Bryant. But Les was also a phenomenal person. Like he had an amazing work ethic. He would be at the ABCD camp and different things like that. He gets up two hours because he had that Glen Oaks, and he gets up two hours before everybody else gets up and go run two miles on the track. And then go participate in camp. You know, just a, a different different kind of dude. Um, injuries hurt him as well, as in addition to going to the wrong school. Um, so you felt like he shouldn't have went to LSU? No, nah, he shouldn't have went to LSU. Because although Lester was an outstanding talent, Lester had to, had to be surrounded by other outstanding players. Mm-hmm. So had he gone to Kentucky or Kansas from the jump, where he running and catching lives and parents right. a lot of people. Lester, the, wrong, the only reason that LSU was the wrong school for Lester, Lester wasn't good enough to put a team on his back, right. which is what at that time LSU needed. If he had come to LSU as a part of some of these 
other team that else you had, yeah. he'd have been a great piece. He'd have been a great piece on that team with Big Baby that final the 4 team. Mm-hmm. He'd have been a great piece on that team. team. But if you take great any of those guys, Big Baby, Tyrus, Garrett, anybody you want, mm-hmm. and put them on a the team he was on back in 97, shit, they wouldn't have made it. You know what I mean? Because it, it just wasn't, they weren't that good. So you bring up a key point. Although Lester was a hell of a talent, he went to the wrong school. Although LSU was the homeschool, 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 homeschool uh, team, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And you would know this as well, as well as anybody when helping kids through their recruitment and, and figuring out what's the best fit. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're helping kids navigate through that process, Coach Jones, what are some of the things that you are telling those kids to help them understand? Look. I know you might like this school. You might like the, the uniforms or the conference or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's not the this are the thing, this, these are the things you need to be paying attention to to make sure that you have some longevity and have some success on and off the court. Like, what what are some things you're telling your kids have, that you've told your kids over the years? Because you had a lot come through and go to college. You know, nowadays, it's more of telling kids who, I tell them, you got to love who love you. And the offers and the interests it ain't like it was 10 years ago. You know, with this transfer portal, I talk to a bunch of college coaches every day, and most of them say the same thing. Either A, they're not picking up any high school kids in this year's uh, what's around the scholarship, right. or B, we're going to bring in one high school guy. Yep. So the opportunities are slim. So, you know, I'm telling guys, man, you know, guys, are you going to see more and more guys across the state not turn their nose up at a Nichols, not turn their nose up at a Southeastern, not turn their nose up at a Southern University. You know, you kind of got to, like, as, as the old saying goes, you better get in where you fit in. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, and you're going to see more guys than ever, in especially in the sport of basketball, signing early. Because yeah. you, you wait, you might, you might lose. You might lose. <laughs> For real. For real. Yeah, you wait, and you might lose. Talking about that a few episodes ago, even with football. Mm-hmm. With these high school kids, man, the opportunities are start getting slimmer because these coaches now, you got the transfer portal that happening right after, like, no, December or something like that, where they're getting yeah. all these different kids and they signing all these group of class, and they're not having that many, you know, high school spots. Because right. mm-hmm. this kid got, you know, two years of, uh, of college football, mm-hmm. and it's easy to plug him in to yeah. the situation versus yeah. getting you a fresh out of high school, getting your body ready, mm-hmm. getting you understand getting that your mind ready, getting you used to yeah. the partying and all that, you know. These he didn't guys- did that. Yeah, these guys, second year, third year guys in college, they know this is my last stop. Shit, they more about business. You know, they more about business. Well, you 17, fresh off the porch, you know, we still got to deal with you through the party phase. Might have to get you through the weed phase. You know, just all that. Got to get your body right. Get your body right. right, You know, but, yeah. So, I I would tell kids, man, you got to love who love you and and don't squander opportunities, man. Don't wait around. I'm telling all my guys, man, sign early. Sign early, sign early, and work your ass off. Sign early. They got a kid right now uh, that I be mentoring. He was committed to a school, and the first three weeks of the season, he's been killing it. Mm-hmm. And he decommitted. Ooh. Don't even have a lot of offers. I think he might have like three or four total offers out of one of, out of one of the schools that offered him. He committed to him in the summer, and now uh, he's got some bad advice, and he decommitted on yesterday or two days ago or something like that. And I hit him up like, "What you doing?" And uh, he was like, man, my co- like, I've been balling, man. So I'm be- people saying I'm, I'm about to start getting a lot of offers. And I said, if I were you, I would call that school back and tell them, 
you made a mistake. You made a mistake. You, you hope that your scholarship is still available because you think all these offers coming because you had three good weeks of the season, mm-hmm. right? And then the summer come, come around and you have nowhere to sign. And I think, you know, it's like you talked about. A lot of these kids getting advised by the wrong people. Mm-hmm. They don't understand the process. They never mm-hmm. been through the process. You're looking at, you're listening to Tim, Joe, and, and Ronnie who don't understand shit. And facts. some of these kids are getting stuck out. And, and so you make a good point about that, man. If you got a school that, that wants to take your commitment mm-hmm. and it's a full damn scholarship, Man, go go ahead, with it. Better go with it. Go ahead, and lock, go with it. Go ahead and lock that shit up. Go ahead and lock mm-hmm. that shit up. And not just that, you don't have to stay at that one program your whole four years now. Mm-hmm. You know, at one point in time, you know, G can test it. You can test it as coach. Mm-hmm. I mean, you sign with a school, and then all of a sudden you think you could, you know, you could ball out somewhere else. You got to transfer. You got to set out that year, and then then you got to wait to play. That's not the case. Yeah. You know, you can go ball somewhere at a lower school like Southeastern and go put up some real numbers. Then that same school that you've been dying to get to, seeing you play. Mm-hmm. Now you could transfer there mm-hmm. and get, maybe get your opportunity. It may not be the opportunity for you at that point in time, but mm-hmm. you could do that. You don't mm-hmm. have to go from high school to North Carolina. You don't have to go from high school to Duke, mm-hmm. like in years past, or high school to Kentucky, or whatever brand name school we're talking about right now. You go pay your dues, mm-hmm. right? And a lot of these high school kids are just not understanding that the system don't give a shit about you when it comes signing day and you got no damn offers out there, mm-hmm. it don't care. It's going to move along. Committable yeah. offers. Committable offers. Mm-hmm. It's going to move along. Yeah. And when they get when they fill their roster up, whoever transfers or whatever, whatever high school player they get, you out. Mm-hmm. And they, they're not understanding. They're not really getting the concept that if you don't handle your business and do this early, like you probably recommend it now, mm-hmm. you're going to be left outside. And they don't care that you left outside, especially with this transfer port thing on a lot of kids. Even kids getting the bad advice about transfer. I'm a transfer, now I'm going to port. You're going to be left outside, bro. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they don't care. Yeah. The last thing I want to touch on before we get into Coach Jones' favorites. Uh, man, you've been coaching on a shoe circuit for a number of years. You didn't did it all, man. You, mm-hmm. you did EYBL. You did Adidas. You did Under Armour. Uh, New Balance. Now you're about to do Puma. Uh Talk about what advice would you have for kids, man? That's that's trying to figure out um, the right situation as it pertains to going to play on a shoe circuit or right. not going to play on a shoe circuit. Um, man, go where you can play. You know, uh, a lot of guys I see will go and sit the bench on Nike because they want a, a, a nice backpack. And, and some some Kyrie's, uh, some guys will go and and, and have sat the bench with us on Under Armour or, or right. even New Balance just to say they play on a circuit team. You don't get any minutes. Um, all through high school up until eleventh grade, twelfth grade, you know, parents sometimes get exposure mixed up with you 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 exposure is when you're ready to be exposed when you got something to be exposed. Up until that point, it's about development. And the only way you're going to develop is getting on this wood, getting on the floor. So, you know, some people will go, and, and, and that's all they want to do is be on a shoe circuit team. And they might be, they might make that 10th, 11th man and make the team. You know what I mean? And you don't know shit. You might really only be making the team because I know you're going to have your fees. Or you might only make the team because, you know, in the event that something happened to one of these, but, you know, you're not getting significant minutes. Right. Um, so I think when they began to explore 
um, travel circuit ball teams, whether it's uh, whether it's Louisiana Elite, whether it's New Orleans Elite, whether it's uh, Live On or whoever, um, you have to figure out what your role is going to be there. And and if that's not the case, then you you can play with several independent teams. A lot of these independent teams, the, all this stuff is about money. Make no mistake about it. Mm-hmm. So just because you're not playing on a shoe circuit team does not mean you won't have the opportunity to get exposure. And in most cases, if you if you're not really quote unquote one of the guys on one of those shoe circuit teams playing on the independent team, it's probably more advantageous to you because, you know. You can go to, I, I used to tell people all the time, oh, man, over here, they got Mike Krzyzewski mm-hmm. over here, this guy over here, boy, shit, he's he not looking at none of our guys. Exactly. Fuck, I need to go somewhere where, you know, they got some some Southland coaches, some Missouri Valley coaches, some OVC coaches. I mean, you know, that's what we're doing it for. We're doing it for exposure. You know, so I would tell just fit. You know, a shoe circuit team may not fit everybody. You know, there are several guys you can look at on independent teams that sign scholarships every year. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So you have mm-hmm. to go somewhere that, that has a fit for you, and you have to be realistic with yourself, too. With A lot of these guys are not realistic. You know, some of them just want to be – I can name several guys I watched last year on some of these circuit teams in their minds for clout. And really, you just wasted a lot of time. You know what I'm saying? Likes on social media. You know what I'm saying? So, Or, or just to be able to walk around school – uh, when it get a little cool to put a certain jacket on to show that you played <laughs> or have a backpack, but you know what I'm saying you they you don't have come and see you ain't yeah, never come see yeah, me, yeah, but you don't, minutes in you you, you, you don't have a stack. Like, you see, oh yeah, I'm about to say, I'm about to say you got you got a backpack, but your ass don't have a stat pack. You know what I'm saying? You got no stats. You know what I mean? So this is all about no doubt, no doubt. We got to get into Coach Jones' favorites. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Favorite basketball player of all time, no matter what level. Favorite basketball player all time, I gotta say LeBron James. I'm surprised you saying him because that's not even not even your era. I mean, I thought you was gonna take it old school. Shit, but I mean, I like what I like. You know, like what you saying? Like, <laughs> shit, I like I like LeBron. LeBron. James, you know what I'm saying? And before him, I like Michael Jordan, and then before him, I like Dr. J, and you know, I like Shaq. But so shit, Brian is your favorite all time. Brian, 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 yes, gotcha. sir. Numero uno. Favorite coach of all time, no matter what level, that made the most impact on you? Bobby Bowden. Uh, Florida Bobby Bowden? State. Florida State, baby. I'm, I'm a big-time Florida State fan. Florida State. Uh, big-time Florida Man, State I fan. Man, I never knew that. Uh, Big-time big Florida State fan. Damn. When we, were, when we were out in Orlando together uh, a couple weeks ago, and LSU was getting the beat Jesus beat out of them. <laughs> You know, deep down inside, I was I, I, I was celebrating because Florida State was always been my, one of my favorite schools. Always. So, 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 you was a big fan, I'm assuming, of Peter Ward. That did Peter Ward. Really, I'm going to tell you something. Majority of Baton Rouge became Florida State fans Ward Dunn. because Ward Dunn. of Warwick Dunn. Warwick Dunn. Dunn and that's really when it started. I, when my how the school, hell, he, how the hell, LSU let him lead a state? Well, because. Damn, fuck. Well, not just that. Warwick Dunn. Yeah, Kevin. Warwick Dunn was a five foot eight or nine quarterback at Catholic High. So, oh, I didn't know you played so quarterback. He, was, yeah, he played quarterback. Kevin played running back. Right. right. So, 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 uh, no, I'm talking about Kevin Franklin. Oh, Kevin Franklin. Kevin Franklin and Warwick Dunn played together. No, Kevin Franklin went to LSU. Went to LSU. And he was a running back. Warwick played quarterback. So, Warwick, you know, Kevin was more prototype than Warwick. Warwick got to Florida State and they made him. In Juventus, two a running back. At first, he was just a, a gadget 
third mm-hmm. down guy. Mm-hmm. And as you know, Tyrone he began to be a running back. And um, had a hell of a career. And, and a lot of LSU wouldn't like that back then in the late nineties to yeah. turn the sign. Well, LSU was putting the running backs all back then. LSU was putting running they, backs they, they, they were putting our backs. Yeah, they were putting they were. our big backs too. So I mean, he wasn't he wasn't a prototypical big. guy. But a lot of us were always Florida State fans, man. We're I didn't Florida even State think fans. about that. And then Travis Minor. Travis yeah, Minor. Yeah, Travis came out there. So a big time. But Bobby Bowden was. Always, you know, he he had an ability and a knack for recruiting and going to get kids, and he was always one of them keep it real type coach. He always tell kids, "Hey man, when you pray, don't pray to win that we're gonna win, because the other team praying to win too, and if they better Christians than us, then maybe God to answer them and not us." <laughs> oh I'm gonna use that. And uh, my all time favorite Bobby Bowden story is when they're down here in New Orleans playing. You ready to play Michael Vick in, uh-huh. in the national championship and. Sebastian Janikowski and like two most starters end up going to jail the night before. And uh, Sebastian yeah, did. Yeah, yeah, Sebastian, two other guys. And first they, round pick. First round pick. And they Last asked, first round pick kicker. They asked uh, Bobby Bowden in a press conference that day, uh, you know, you had a couple of guys got that night, getting in trouble, da, 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 got arrested. You know, are they going to play in tonight's game? And, you know, Bobby Bowden was always smart. They wanted to try to trip him up. He's like, well, when I go in there tonight and address my team, for the national championship, I'm going to coach the guys that are in this locker room. In other words, if them dudes out of jail, they're going to play. I love his press conferences. Bob Bowden press conferences off the chains. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, love yeah. it. Definitely Bobby Bowden. That many okay. more coaches okay. like Bob Bowden. Yeah, I never knew he was a Florida State fan. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Bobby Bowden, cool. man. All right. Favorite sneaker of all time? Man, we grew up in the Nike era. Um, I'd probably have to say, uh, I stayed with Under Armour the longest, though, man. I like Under Armour. I'd probably stick with it. You can rock some nice new balances lately, now. Yeah, know. new balance, too, man. New balance. <laughs> I mean, you got to love who love you. I might start rocking Puma. I don't oh, know, so I might start rocking it. So, I, I'm going to just say I love who I'm with at the time. Myself. I love who I'm with at the time. So, I guess for right now, I love New Balance, but we might be breaking up. We might be breaking up. So I might start loving Puma. You know, I, I love who love me. That's that's my story of my life. I love who love me. I, I, I love the face. Yeah, love who love you. Favorite yeah. movie of all time. Oh man. Um there's several of them. Uh, probably three hundred. Three hundred. That's what uh so who, who won a championship recently and they say they watched three hundred the night before. I think, Ger- I think Gerard Butler, I think he's in the first year in the movie. I think he plays a... Uh, I'm trying to think. No, I'm talking about it was an athlete. Somebody somebody said this on social media. Like, they asked him what got him motivated, uh, yeah. what propelled him in the game. He said, I watched 300 last night before the championship. 300 and Troy. Troy, yeah, yeah. Brad I never, Pitt. I ain't seen Troy in a long time. I got to go back yeah, and watch, gotta watch Brad that. Pitt. I got to go back and, and I'm going to tell you what you have to watch. I don't know y'all kind of young, but y'all probably seen it. You got to go back and get the uncut version of Year of the Bull. Never seen it. Never seen it. Uh, but you know, I just bless y'all game. Go watch Year of the Bull. Year of the Bull. Those, those, those coaching address the, the team sports in there. Mm-hmm. Amazing. It's a true story documentary. Miami Northwestern story of Torrin Charles who ended up going to Florida. But it's those coaches right there that end up going, leaving there going somewhere else, winning the national title. Watch Year of the Bull. I used to play that for my basketball teams back in the day at Glen Oaks. You're the bull, get them hype. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna I'm watch that this yep. weekend. That's my fourth watch cornbread early me one yep. time. I like. 
favorite place to visit? Uh, Austin, Texas. Uh, What's the name of that street? Uh, that with all the food trucks. Six Street. Six Street. Six Street. Six Street. Austin, Texas, definitely. All right, all oh, right. Long, long mm-hmm. It's time to grow now. It's, like, it's coming to the tech town over there. Yeah, yeah, big tech town. Big tech town over there. Been big tech town. It's been a big tech town. Damn. Dale has been there. Um, shit, there's a couple other ones. Drake just had a concert in Austin. Listen, if you ain't been to Austin in the past three years, all the construction, they, yeah. got, they got coming up over there. That's the only thing I don't like when, like, because I remember one year I was in Dallas and I was driving. I, you got to drive through Waco. Waco. To get to Austin. Man, it was so much damn construction. It's so much God, construction. Damn, it took me long to get to Austin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So much construction going up. You're like, good Lord. Yeah, no doubt. Mini skyscraper mm-hmm. over here. Favorite comedian of all time? Mm, gotta go with, gotta go with probably Eddie Murphy. From my era. <laughs> you gotta know that. Two for two. From my era. From my era. From my era, you gotta go with Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy. Eddie, Eddie Murphy. A lot of these guys have. Come after the fact, but man, Eddie Murphy, Eddie Murphy, and, and Richard Pryor. But them I two. told you about Richard Pryor. Yeah, I told Richard. you. Yeah, yeah. You know I mean, that's that's like Eddie the Prodigy. That's like LeBron and MJ. You know, Eddie Murphy, Richard Pryor, them top two. No, ain't nobody else messing with them. See, I'm trying to tell you. Yeah. Toughest yeah. player you ever coached against. Like after the game, you was like, "Damn, dog, this this he got to be the toughest I ever coached." Any everything we threw at him, it didn't, didn't work. work. Well, I, I ain't gonna say didn't work, but one of the toughest players to ever have to coach against, just because he was tough like that. Uh, Javante Smart. He won. Smart was tough. I, I mean, I'm going off my Madison days. Okay. Javante Smart was extremely tough. I mean, it, it's very few kids that I could think of that damn near every shot they take, you think is going in. That's the kind of put a appeal that he had. I mean, he he, baby. he had a Curry effect in high school. Like yeah. Yeah, yeah, every yeah, shot yeah. he took, yeah. you thought it was going in. Yeah, that that in itself is intimidating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. you blow on the sign like fuck. You know, God laid on the clothes out like God. You know, so, I remember yeah. when uh I can't cover y'all at Scottsdale and uh. That was the year he wore a headband against y'all. Mm-hmm. And he was like, every time he scored, he was dancing and, and yeah, yeah. all that shit. And and the level of confidence he played with in that game, not just scoring the ball, but like was, the way he, he was diamond Yeah, that was 2017. Yeah, that's when Whitfield and all of them. Yeah, now two, two, two months, about a month later, though, we played him again. See, I wasn't at that game. Yeah, but that's when. That said, was at Southern? Yeah, we beat him. Yeah. Ooh. I know how you. Because he put it on y'all ass that night. Yeah, well, he got. I mean, he got. He got put on his ass the the next time. You know, I, you know, I figured you'd take that type of approach. You know, take that years. Only try to remember the shit you want to remember down us a little bit. You know, I know we're not your favorite, but that's fine, man. That's, that's fine, man. That shit fuels us. You know, you you took pride in the how to feel losing Carver. You know, I, 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 I keep all that bullshit. That's cool though. You know what I'm saying. That's cool. That's oh, cool. how you going to get mad at me because you ain't got a loser against Scotlandville? I'm not mad, brother. A loser against Scotlandville. Damn, this man keep my stats. God damn, did you, did you keep ranking? That's, that's the only school y'all got a loser record to, though. Yeah. That's all arch nemesis. What, you got like a trivia book over here? No, so I'm just saying. You know about a story. I you know mean, a story. you know, if, 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 it's, if it's 300 high schools in Louisiana and only one of them has a winning record against us, yeah, I think we're doing pretty good. We're doing pretty good. I agree. 
don't know why he always give me a hard time. He always act like I'm against <sighs> Madison. I don't know where he gets this from. Yeah, he's against, against Madison, man. <laughs> it's, only, it's only one school he really likes. Oh, here we go. Edna Carr football. That's all. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's all school he really likes. Listen. He's I'm surprised there's not a Bryce post on the wall over there, fuck. You know what I'm saying? A big, a big K over there, shit. I don't know. Cougar on the floor. But you know what's yeah. so crazy? He's the Shannon Sharp mm-hmm. uh, uh, at the car. No, of course. Listen, listen. Of course. Listen, it's okay. You know what's it's so crazy? Right. I, like, I love car. And look, this is a true story. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the same shit he's doing right now. It's the same shit Bryce and all my partners at, at Coffee <laughs> doing. They be like, man, you don't like us, man. Mm-hmm. Stop. Like, you... You root for us to lose, blah, blah, blah. You're always bringing up what we lose. And when when this player don't play good, you're always bringing they, they do the same thing. I don't know what it is, but they just they just like getting you bring it up. Time. Must be something about your spirit that we see. The <laughs> spirit might be bad. <laughs> I'm a prophet. A yeah. weeping prophet. <laughs> Listen, it, 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 it's, it's all good, baby. He's bringing up, he's bringing up you know, the things that people see. Right, right, right. Nah, man. But uh, man, appreciate you coming on the podcast, Coach Jones. Man, man. I'm glad uh, to make it, Coach. Glad yeah, to be definitely got to get you back on. Gotta get you back on. Next time, though, got to bring you in, Jones, Jeff Jones Jr. Yeah, definitely. Got to bring both of y'all on here, man. I think that'll be a hell of a segment just because of the different trials and tribulations he went through mm-hmm. early on, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. in his coaching journey and, and uh, you know, his passion for the game. And, um, man, you know, me and your son was on the phone about two weeks ago. And we were just talking about, uh, you know, different things about, you know, how to make a basketball team better. And, you know, I was getting – it's crazy. I'm older than his son, mm. but I'm asking him for advice right. on different things I can I can help my, my middle school team with to make them a better team. And, mm. and uh, you know, I respect his passion and uh, his work ethic when it comes to the game of basketball. So, um, you know, all respect to you and your son, man, I think – this upcoming season, y'all got a big task on your hand because y'all y'all traveling all over the country. With y'all going to Indianapolis, you're going to Memphis. We're going to uh, we're going to play in uh, Memphis. We're going to play in Arkansas. We're going to play in uh, Lufkin, Texas. Uh, Glenn mm-hmm. Smith got a big shootout there. We're going to play in um, Minneapolis, Minnesota, Minnehaha High School, and we're going to play in Chicago, Illinois. Um, I travel in our heritage national schedule. So uh, be good for our guys and kind of doing that just as. Just more exposure. We got several seniors, Jace Depron, Josh Smith, uh, and Quentin Dabney, who um, all have a chance to sign Division One or, you know, some type of scholarship. So those opportunities will be big. I think two years ago we went to Atlanta and played in um, Clark Atlanta coaching staff. And then they saw Dez Perkins. Perkins. And he had and a great freshman year. And Dez is out there at Clark Atlanta now. So a big part of going out of state stuff for me is, is giving them kids opportunity to be seen. Seen. No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. And seeing some outside of Baton Rouge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Which is a big testament no to, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes you see things outside of your program, you have a way of thinking mm-hmm. bigger. But when you always used to seeing what you're accustomed to, it's different to have that, that those thoughts. Mm-hmm. you never seen nothing more than what you have. So mm-hmm. think about what's here, how to expand here. But in reality, the world's a big place. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you need to see more to think bigger. Yep. It's the truth. Right. Listen, thank everybody. Thank y'all watching the FanView podcast. Again, get subscribed. Get like them. My man, G Sports is, you trying to get to 25K, baby? In the 25K by 2024. That's it. Oh, man, help a brother out, man. Help a brother out. I mean, you need to come a chip it there. I don't know. But <laughs> <laughs> Listen, uh, get subscribed, like, 
comment, share, tell a friend, tell a friend. Get it. It's FanView Podcast. If you're on Facebook, it's FanView Podcast. If you're on IG, it's FanView Podcast. If you're on YouTube, FanView Podcast. If you're on TikTok, you already know it. It's G Sports right there. Get locked in on YouTube. Get locked in on. He's on TikTok. He's on He's on X. Everything. We're on, we're on every major platform possible. Don't forget to get subscribed if you are listening to this podcast. If you're on YouTube. If you're on if you're on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you name it, FanView Podcast is there. Can't stop. Won't stop. Won't stop. Yeah, I know what it is. We signing out. G Sports. that boy Fred, host of FanView Podcast. Tune in to the NOTN app. Weekdays, 3.30 for the FanView Podcast. Go to NewOrleansTalkNetwork.com to watch more episodes of FanView Podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and watch.